Okay. So how's the woodworking business going? Going good. A lot of word of mouth. We've only done, since we talked, we've done uh, one show. We did a show up in Grand Park Mm -hmm. and got some good contacts, a lot of work. Uh, just catching up with getting it done. Uh, word of mouth has been uh, a lot of plaques, uh, a lot of retirement stuff, um, a lot of widgets, whatever people want. Um, that's what I want to do. You've come out with some really interesting stuff with the plaques, the the small helmets that you just showed me before for the... That one? Yeah, the same thing as that. Yeah, it's right there. You can see it. Am I allowed to say for which city? For just a local department, a local department. Yeah. For a local department, those look awesome. The flags you've done, or I think they're beautiful. They're all, they're very very cool. They're, I just showed the guys that were working here at the house. I showed them that, and he was really impressed with it. So I think you're doing great work. You're doing awesome. I, I think it's great because I love doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I want to grow it. Um, I want to to make our business double bell woodworks is the name of it. Mm -hmm. The only place I advertise on Facebook, a lot of it's word of mouth. Most of it's word of mouth working on a website. Now, if I find somebody that can help me, um, finish the website or make the website, that's what I'm after. Cause I want, I want some more exposure, um, to be a little bit more busy, but not to be too busy. Yeah. Um, but just doing a lot of, uh, uh, fire department driven stuff. I want. I want to be the go-to of that. If somebody wants um, a plaque or a helmet or a specialty or a keepsake or a a, a coin rack or g- glass, you name it. Um, I would like to be, to be the guy in the fire service that that people go to around here. A decent price. It's not free, but it's it's got a lot of love in it, and it's something that you would cherish forever. And it'd be, that's, that's one of my favorite things mm-hmm. to do is, um, we've had several people retire and I've been asked to make their plaques and, uh, there's a ton of love in there. One is that, you know, I knew them and two mm-hmm. is, um, I want to, I want to put a product out that, that, that people like. It's, I will say this. I'm very proud of that helmet. Very proud of that helmet. When people come in, I make sure I show them that. I show them the stuff that that friends make me that brought it that stuff. Yeah, that's what in. makes it special. The painting behind you, I'm just, I love it. But that's what makes it special is is, you know, it people make jokes and say, "Hey, how's your hobby going?" But it's it's an expensive hobby. Mm-hmm. I inherited some equipment from my father-in-law, and it's turned into a passion. Which you know, we talk about why you love your job, why you love what you're doing is, is that's the passion in doing this. I, I had passion by you asking me to come down here the first time. And I thought that was the right thing to do to show you my gratitude by listening to some hillbilly for a couple hours in a podcast. (laughs) That is really cool. What has been your most stress speaking on your business? What has been your most stressful project you've done? Well, here recently I've done, um, I got, uh, asked to make an epoxy table for a company, a local company in town. And, um, I'm just going to deliver it tomorrow, which is uh, going to be previewed at FDIC. Um, really? And it's out of my uh, realm. It's out of my um, wheelhouse, if you will. Uh, I've done small epoxy things, but nothing 
nothing of this size. And it took me a couple of times to get it right. And I don't, I don't want to put something out the door that they're going to be unhappy with. So I've, I've lost some weight uh, and some sleep overnight worrying that it's going to get there, you know, and, and they like it. I'm so. sure they'll like it. The picture of it looks pretty awesome. I hope so. We'll see. I think it was awesome. If you showed up with that at my house, I'd be. If not, excited. we're gonna have it. We're gonna have an eight and a half foot kitchen table at my house <laughs> <laughs> with a sticker that's <laughs> not, not not for you. Not, that's all right. Not my name. <laughs> uh, what has been your most favorite project? Uh, making things for my family. I mean, it's that's the hobby side, but. There is a cost to running a hobby too. You know, yes. there's electric and there's time and, um, but, but making things for like I started making a couple. Of th- how I got started early was making some name puzzles for my grandson and no. it's that, that's really gratifying. Now he has no idea what it is, but he's played with it. And you know we got a granddaughter that's coming here in a couple of months, so I'll end up making some stuff for her. That is so cool. So yeah, that's I, the the gratification I get is you liking the product. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a surprise um, and it looks good, you know, if it doesn't look good, then p- please be honest and tell me, and I'll make you a new one. Yeah, it's cool. That's well, I'm glad everything's going well for your business. I it is. I think it's amazing. And it helped. I actually got some orders from your last podcast. So no way. I appreciate it. Yep. That is so cool. Yeah, that makes me proud. Like five people watch this. And uh, four of them. One of them <laughs> no. I, I actually got probably six or eight different projects out of it. Are you so serious? I appreciate it. That is so cool. Well, I'm glad that helped. That's what networking is. Yeah, I know. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it at all. Uh, so let's go in. Let's dive into firefighting. Fire career, fire life. Hashtag all that stuff. So let's talk about a little bit more in the beginning of this is leadership. I'm, I'm at a fire department, a local fire department. I want to take it to the next step with being a better leader for my department, for the citizens, and for the guys that work with me, which would go into the department. How can I or anybody else that listens to this become an experienced leader? I personally think you have to, you can't read in a book. You can read some basic stuff in a book and it teaches you what the parameters are to be. If you wanted to be a company officer, um, but I think, but even before you talk about leadership, is why you want to be in charge. What I think, any time that you get on a fire department or you become an officer, you're going to be a company man or a company woman, meaning you're going to uphold what policy and procedure the department has. You're going to believe in their mission, and if not, why would you want to be a company officer? Is it to rebel against that? And if that's the case that's not going to last too long because you need to represent your patch and your chief or whoever you work for. So you have to, to, in my opinion, you have to define why you want to be that company officer and what traits you want to possess. Now the traits you can read out of a book, you can, you know, we just spoke about what traits should an officer Mm -hmm. possess? What job is an officer going to do? Uh, Last podcast we talked about, about 10% is based on your reputation which is on, on the scene or on a fire ground, how, how calm you are, what decision-making processes you have, things like that. 90, 95% of the time is dealing with people. So you have to decide, uh, first of all, you have to, I think, in my opinion, find out what personality you have, and you're going to surround yourself with, if, if you surround yourself with like-likes, 
that's one thing. But like personalities, they may have to change. Mm-hmm. I, th- in my opinion, our d- department is driven by a lot of personalities. We have multiple personalities and battalion chiefs that drive the 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 course of our department, but they have a different flavor. I've been told I have a different flavor than the other two uh, people that do what I do, ship commander spots, which I hope that's a compliment and it may not be, but we just have different personalities that drive our ship. How, how would you be able to find out what kind of personality you have? Um, there's a couple of personality tests you can take. The one that I'm familiar with that our department did that, that I like was the DISC program and DISC stands for four different types of personalities. There's, there's a couple of different, and I'm not smart enough to tell you, but I know they exist. But if, if you wanted to find out, uh, say you work with three or four people in a firehouse mm-hmm. and you look up psych, uh, your, uh, personality tests online, you can get them for free. Mm-hmm and get a quasi close uh what kind of person you are uh and then what in my opinion what that does is that that's how you communicate with that individual if 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 i'm a uh, a drill sergeant type person which i'm not if you're a benevolent counselor if you don't like crowds if you don't like people if you're task driven uh you want to make people happy you're going to find out how to get that person engaged in your mission and to drive how you want to be that company officer for that crew. Now, getting back to your answer or your question is, how do I be a better leader? I think that leadership comes from developing all of those attributes that you, 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 we have mentioned, going to mention, going to talk about, um, and getting the buy-in. But the last podcast, we talked about a lot of buy-in. Still, I think that's the drive about a manager is meeting the goals and tasks of what's given on a daily basis. Those are the things we have to do daily, things we have to do weekly, things we have to do yearly. The leadership is why people want to be with you when you do those things. And there's a lot of misconception or perception about some people who have a legitimate rank as a company officer, a captain, a lieutenant, or chief, or the chief how do i find out if people actually feel uh that want to follow me how do i get a following do i have a following i question that all the time am i doing what i'm supposed to do to get buy-in from our troops from from our shift from from our house if you just work in an engine company or truck or medic or whatever volunteer even there's there's x amount of people there how do you get them to engage to follow you to accomplish a mission. And that's based on buy-in. To me, that's what leadership is. It's it's the relationships you make with your people to get them to buy into your cause. And hopefully the cause of you while you're a company officer is the cause in making your fire department better each day that you're in that position. Roundabout answer. Yeah. That's what I got. That's what I got. Cool. It's over. That's it. <laughs> we talked about if, if anyone else is listening still, we talked for three hours before we even started recording. So this, I still think we should do an episode. That is, that's something that when you're saying learning about each other's personalities, to me, that pops in a couple ideas and a, a lot of things that a lot of guys probably aren't going to want to sit there and take the time to learn 
they'll do it the easy way just by chatting with the guy, but sit down and actually study that person. Well, studying that person means, are they married? What are their likes? What are their dislikes? How do they take orders? Um, Are they a follower? Are they a leader? Uh, what what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? It's my job to build the, our crew t- up to the weakest link, right? So in order to do that, I have to find out what those are. Those relationships are built, maybe not job-driven, but a- away from here. It's getting a cup of coffee. It's drinking a beer together. It's going fishing together. It's camping together. And someone just unloads on, they start talking. They find out if something's bothering someone. Again, I'm not a doctor or psychologist, but I have found that if, if, if you have a problem in an, or an issue in a firehouse, there's usually something underlying driving that. And if it gets to a point as a company officer that it's affecting either the safety or the drive of your crew, uh, you know, that we talk about behavioral, which we've had, uh, you know, some local uh, tragedies here lately mm-hmm. where. It's a strong topic about looking for the signs where somebody's not who they are or how they are uh, on a daily basis. And it's our job, if we really care about that relationship, is to find out if something's being driven and get them the proper help. Letting them talk it out is a good start. And we also, and on our department, we have peer support people on every shift. And we have some specialty people that are just outstanding Um that can get to the bottom or the root of the problem, maybe get those people help before they make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah. And we've all been there. We've all had those thoughts of, you know, my life's terrible and blah, blah, blah. That person's not alone in what they're going through. Correct. The biggest thing. Based on our business, it's a high percentage that we will encounter that. And and it's overcomeable in, in most uh, cases. Do you think a lot of those problems, I, this is stuff that I've personally struggled with as well. And I'm sure a lot of other guys and gals have can probably relate to this. Do you think it's opening up and possibly seem seeming like you're a weak person to somebody? Well, because of the types of people we have in our business, both male and female, we have egos mm-hmm. and to overcome that ego, it's a sign of weakness to ask for help. Just like a mayday. I hope we're, we're past the, the, if you're if you're in a position where you need help, it's not a sign of weakness to call for help, personally or professionally. Um, and I think that the, the the in the last twenty years, there's been an uptick in the amount of help we've had to give people. We're we're not as calloused as my age group, in my opinion. We're not as as uh, I don't say hard nosed, but I just say we use the word callous to our job. I've been in it a lot longer where I know I'm trained to the level I need to be trained at, but can learn some things. Um, I don't know everything, never will know everything in this business, but I probably know somebody that can get you help if I recognize that. Um, that's all I got. <laughs> I'm doing a bad job at trying to keep these questions growing. Well, my biggest my biggest thing is, I know this isn't really meant to be supposed to be a discussion topic on back and forth, back and forth. Mainly, people just no, want to I like hear it. you. Keeps me on track. Oh, good. Well, then I got a lot for you. It's the way I see a lot of things is, and I try to I try to be as open minded as possible. I try to be as as um, 
I try to show a lot of humility. I make a lot of mistakes. Recently made a mistake with our truck. And if I don't make four or five it, a day, it's a great day. Exactly. And if and you don't approach your your life like that, you're you're going to get hurt. You're going to mm-hmm. get someone else hurt. It's a false false mirror syndrome of me looking in there and saying, look, I'm perfect. I'm perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm a hypocrite like everybody else because I don't admit that I'm making mistakes all day. When you change that mistake is when we get better. You ask what traits or how do I become a better leader? Those mistakes will help you become that better leader. Once you become that manager and find out what, what the drive you identify, why you want to be an officer how you can be a good manager to be a company man or, or, or woman officer or lady officer. And then the leadership is going to come after that by finding what the traits of your people are, developing those relationships and show them that you have their back, but you're not going to coddle them. You want to train them up to whatever expectations you have and you having expectations higher than the department needs are is acceptable. You just have to know that it may take a little bit more work to get that person that's not buying in, that ha- subbing through for the day, mm-hmm. trading for the day, doesn't want to train all the time. I know of people that don't want to go to a firehouse because officers train so much. That's where, who I want to be. We train for an hour a day, don't beat them up, put a tool in their toolbox, and when they apply that, I know I've done my job. That's kind of the getting back to basics things we Mm -hmm. talked about last time and can talk about this time Mm -hmm. is that the basics are think about the seven things that need to happen. We've already, we've already, if I'm going to be a company officer and I'm going into an established house, I'm a brand new officer. You guys either got the same or say we were hired together. We were in the same recruit class. I chose to take the test. I get made. There's animosity there. That's when that relationship and that buy-in needs to be that. This is the department drive. This is why I became an officer. This is where I'd like to go. Here are my parameters. I need to learn about you. I'm not going to tell you I'm going to learn about you, but eventually you're going to figure that out because we want to build that relationship. We want to make that bond of that relationship. We then want to ask you to do some strenuous stuff, stuff that may kill you, stuff that may put you in harm's way. My job as an officer is not to get you killed, to keep you safe, do risk assessment, Safety is, is first on my list as you as an employee or a co-worker. I don't say a subordinate as a co-worker that we're going to get through this, but it's it's muscle memory and time by running scenario after scenario after scenario through our heads to keep us safe. But all of that tied together to me is how you become a better officer. And I don't say leader because I think that's that's something that is given to you or it's... it's uh, People are going to say, hey, I would follow that guy anywhere. Can I mention what we talked about earlier? Which part? <laughs> I, I, your last, you did a podcast with Steve Dillman. Yes. Love listening to Steve Dillman. I don't know the gentleman that well, but I, I can tell you that he was, based on what I know, was respected to no end. Mm-hmm. One thing I got out of, and I've watched it twice. Um one thing I got out of it was uh, you ask him how to be a better officer, how he became an officer, that type of question. But his answer was he, in a roundabout way, paraphrased, he hoped people would follow. How do you get people to follow you? I get 
a guy like that who I've never worked for before, I have one phrase and it, it would be, I will follow you. And it's based on your humility, your character, um, never raised your voice. My statement today, in my opinion, is, look, you, you disappoint me in what we've done here. This is what I expect. This is how we're going to get better. If I yell, it's a, ha, and it's over. And it's, it's not personal, it's professional. Mm -hmm. He made mention that he never raised his voice. He asked one gentleman to leave his firehouse for one particular reason. He wanted to run mm -hmm. a good house. I will follow you is what I remember from that. And that's, that's what I want to be known as. Why, and I need to have justification. Why do people want to be on a shift? Why do they want to work in a firehouse that I'm at? What do I need to continue to do to gain that trust, to gain that buy-in so that when I ask them to do some nasty stuff, they'll still do it because I give and take mm -hmm. on a daily basis. You, and I don't say politics, but it's, I don't say favors. It's we, we give and give and give and give. And when it's time to really take, when it's really hitting the fan, when it's really to, to find your gut intuition on, a, on, a, on an incident, will you follow me? And that's, that's where I think becoming that officer is. You take a guy named like Lieutenant Delman, where people do anything to work in his firehouse mm -hmm. and anything to follow him any time of the day. And I got a lot out of that. And one of your questions, I don't know whether you have we talked about uh, how I get better as an officer, listening, yeah. listening to a an experienced officer and find out what worked, but you have to think about it worked for him and his personality, right? Mm -hmm. So you take a different type of personality. Maybe that's not going to work to get his or her. If they want to be a company officer, how do they become better? That may not work for them. They, they may have to raise their voice. They may not be respected enough. They may be younger. So it was, it was also a generational question. He was in the fire service for a few, I don't want to say a few generations because I'm probably longer than wrong, us, but he was in the fire service longer than us. And he was as good as, I mean, he was able to seem to his lead as really well as when he first started all the way up until the two thousands, even through. And I, and I think that, um, one thing that's missing is there's, there's a respect part from the people in the last 10 years that we've hired. We've lost that. I, I would work. I have a lot of people that I respect. And I would follow them and I would do anything that they asked me to do as long as it's legal and ethical. Mm -hmm. But I would I would follow them down any hallway if they asked me to go or be in front of them to protect them because I, re I respected them that much. I'm guessing his people would do the same for him. But I think that's a missing piece that we need to instill. And I don't know how to and, and do that other than to get the buy-in because I believe what we're doing is right. I believe this hallway is right. I believe us going into this fire is right. I believe cutting these people out. We're in, we're in harm's way, but us cutting, it's, it's them before us. If you believe that, that's another part where you're going to develop that, that type of leadership. And that's the only time I would use <clears throat> that acquired, what you think about me would be, you, you, if you think I'm a leader, then tell me why. You know, but I would need the reassurance that, hey, am I doing the right thing every day that I'm breathing? You know, I, I, and my job never turns off. I, I still love this job after 30 plus years. There's going to come a time, woodworking, 
that's going to take that over, but I'm still going to have that same drive and passion. And I still do making these widgets and plaques and flags as what I would be as leading somebody down a hallway or having a plane into a 10 story building and being able to run it, you know, nothing's flawlessly, but to a point where it seems like I have command and control of that, that incident where you're not getting fired up because I am, I didn't cause it. I know I have enough resources to, to solve a problem and I can call them, but we're going to manage that. And we're going to have discipline when we do it. We're still working on that. For the guys that are trying out for possibly promotional processes coming up for a lieutenant's process. And if, when, the, when the guys that deserve that job, they get that, that role, what is things for them for, to remember for the rest of their career as a new officer for them to work on, look for, and train on, to, to remember? Because that whole position from being the guy, the black helmet with the other buddies, and then you're now a lieutenant, you're a boss, now you're their boss. How do you step, I can only imagine, but how can you step out of that boundary into the next role for that fire service to do it properly and effectively. I think it starts being a black hat, being a, a, a senior firefighter, that you're already developing those traits, not in the legitimate officer position. Meaning, it, I think a good crew, in my opinion, is that you have you have a legitimate uh, second a backstepper that if I'm off, they're going to run your crew based on your expectations when I'm not there. Meaning they're not going to say, Hey, but boss is off today. We're going to do, do it this way today. They're they Your crew makes you look good. When they make you look good, I protect them from the next step. Protect may not be the right word. I'm going to, to speak for them. I'm going to represent them. I'm not going to cripple them. If I cripple them, then it, we're not good. It, you understand that? Is if they're doing wrong every day, I'm not going to say, "Hey, let them let them go." That's all we know. This is what we've been trained to do. Blah blah blah. I want to make sure that the way they're trained is the way the department wants them to act ethically and morally, and professionally when we go out the door. When I'm not there, when I'm with them, when I'm there, that senior. Uh, firefighter, I think you you're developing those those decision making skills. Um, the officers, maybe if you have a, I don't say weak, not a very strong officer, they're leaning on the senior firefighter uh, to make help help make those decisions. You look at them, they nod, and the officer mm -hmm. makes the decision. It stamps their hard drive on that's a successful outcome. Therefore, when that's when that situation happens again. They remember that stamp on the hard drive. They apply that, and it, it just becomes muscle memory. You, I think, being a black hat, you're you're doing that even before being a legitimate officer. Things that you can do: take classes. Have the ICs come into town. You learn from people who have been an officer before. I don't think one day you're going to say you're going to wake up in the morning and say, "I think I'm going to be an officer today." I think over time you think about that. There's peer pressure in your class getting made. There's, there's, uh, you know, you don't want to, you want to uh, work for a jerk, so you may as well be the jerk. There's other words that you use, but mm -hmm. um, there's things that lead up. I've heard people say, "I'm not ready to be an officer." Why are you not ready to be an officer when 90% of the time is dealing with people? When 10% of that's based on fires or incidents, 
which you're already getting prepared to do. You're being taught by a good mentor who's an officer in front of you. Even working for a bad officer is a good experience. may not be at the time, but it'll teach you not what you want to be when you become that officer. Yes. You can take uh, classes online. Again, the book, book classes. To me, I want to take classes from people that are respected. I don't want to just look in a book and say, hey, they're teaching a class on blah, blah, blah. If they're not, and th- this is my opinion, mm-hmm. if I want to be respected in my department versus being um, asked to go to a, a different department, if I'm not respected here, how can I go 31 miles from my department and talk on my topic if I'm not respected here? I can, I can share information out of a book, but if I don't apply it in my daily walk, that's credibility. And if I don't, that's where it, leadership comes is the credibility from you walking your walk. I can talk it all day long. I can write articles. I can go teach for magazines. I can go to other departments. They don't know any different unless they do their homework on me. They do their homework on you one time, find out you're not respected, you won't teach there again. That's how the fire service is. Unfortunately, it's built on reputation and word of mouth. Guys go all the, and gals go all the country teaching all the time because they do this rah-rah speech which is a good speech. It's a good talk. It's a good buy-in. Most firefighters are blue-collar people. They want to do hands-on skills. Mm-hmm. Those are the classes they want to take. You sit in a classroom all day long. But I'll go. You know, there's a couple people that I get online and listen to all the time right now. They're of like-likes. We keep talking about it. We're, we're together because we're like-likes. Uh, the Rogue. Um, I'll think of his name in a minute. There's several that uh, Mark Van Oppen, and he may hear this. I'm, I'm a fan of him. He and I think alike. He just has the niche and package what I think all the time. He's taking it on the road, and he's selling it. But he's selling how he walks, and that's exactly how I feel. I just, I'm not smart enough to put it on paper mm-hmm. or to, to go do a rah-rah speech. It, and I don't, I don't say a lot. You know, if, if I'm asked to talk, I'll talk. And I'll talk about what I'm passionate about. It's like the epoxy table. I'm not going to tell you I'm an expert because I'm not. But I'm sure going to try it. Long story. Beat around the bush. How do I be that better company officer? I put myself, I go take those classes. I listen to those experienced officers. I be that that backstep firefighter. And then I apply them. I fail. And then I build on the failure and become a better backstep firefighter. Then in my mind, I think I can be that experienced officer. Really, we pass a test, we do an interview, now you are one. We toss you a bar, now you're in charge. Now you cross the bridge mm-hmm. of buddy to boss, and now how are you looked up, uh, upon? Same people you're going to be in charge of probably took the same test. Some of them took the same test, and they have animosity towards you. Get that animosity out of the way, but you have to prove to them that you are going to represent them as that company officer. We did take the test together. Somehow I, I scored higher than you. I don't know how, because I'm not a very sharp knife, but I scored higher. My tactics did maybe a little bit better. I got one question more, but now here we are. I'm the officer. Now you have to build that relationship. You have to get that buy-in and trust. You have to have apathy, empathy, be sensitive, Find out what, what they like, what they don't like, what their strengths, what their weaknesses are. Build that up to what team you want to build. It's Joe Gibbs mentality. 
Joe Gibbs was a great coach. Now he he's one of the most successful racing coach or uh, team owners in the country. Why? Because he had the buy-in of being great, and he had the Bible behind him too. Mm-hmm. That helps. That basic instructions before leaving Earth. That's I mean. Yeah. We talked about that for, I don't know, an hour and a half before this. It's. I, try I don't not know to, if that answered your question. but No, it did, in a roundabout way. I'm always this, hey, <laughs> we're going to get back to it. Hey, no, that's perfectly <laughs> fine. That's what I want because that, that engages a more discussion topic. And I'd like to talk about a little bit of a topic that's a little bit soft. or not soft. I'll take that back. I'll take that word back. It's a little bit more taboo to talk about for the fire service is – what it talks about in the Bible. It's an incredible leadership book, incredible leadership book. It's I've used, and I I know I've chatted a little bit about this, but I've used the Bible for more leadership advice than any other class. And it's worked out better than I think anything else has. Again, if you're a believer of buy-in, there were a lot of people that buy into the word. Mm -hmm. Uh, The red words are truth. And they, they answered a lot of, I don't say answered, they solved a lot of, of predicaments from questions, uh, and they, the red words were the solutions to the, the difficult problem that, mm-hmm. that those people were going through, and they worked. Yeah. We believe they worked, therefore, you know, we buy in. Yes. And until they prove me wrong, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. So with the part the part of training and topics like that, I already know the kind of the answer to this, but at what at what point should a company officer stop training? I think never. Never. What can hour you do? An hour a day. I love that idea. Uh, what can you do if you do have an officer like that? What is a good jump start? What's a good spark to ignite that old flame? To to ignite that fire? How how can you? What are some ways to reignite it? I think when you have um, when you have an officer that may think that they, they know it all and you have a bunch of whippersnappers, young, aggressive, go getiveness if that's a word, mm-hmm. uh, thriving for more drive, is to, one, you have to stay up with the change in technology and, and the change in the skill. Make sure that, that how I was trained is, is how they were trained, how the department wants me to, to carry this drill out. And stay new on my stuff. Have them show you what skill they're asking about. Show them what you've been taught. And that that also will cross over to kind of a leadership type moment where you're... Sh- you've seen... I don't know if you watched the Chicago Fire Show. No. There's an older, there's an older senior guy on a truck that, that was... Tried to cut some shortcuts in some rope skills on one of the episodes that I watched. And he got kicked out because he wasn't doing what the department wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's still true today is that we always hear, you know, we, we have a recruit class that's going through right now. Wait till you get out. We'll really teach you what's going on. What do you think they're teaching you? They're teaching you the good habits of what the book, the IFSTA book or the, not IFSTA, the, the manual that mm-hmm. the country follows of the, 14, 16 basic skills we follow that we still do on the street. That's kind of our, I don't say the Bible, but that's kind of our manual that we go to for a skill set to be successful on the street as a fireman or a firefighter. That keeps you engaged as that older that older officer is that I, I may be able to show them some tricks that 
that work for us in our time and then match them with what's being taught today. And we find a way that's still within our policy and procedure and our skill set that the department wants us to follow to still keep us progressive. Again, long story. Yeah. Still, it's a that's how you get that old old guy gate. Or you have competitions between houses. Mm-hmm. Um, NFP four, which I don't know if you know. NFP fourteen ten. Somebody asked me this week, where can I go to get a a stand? What like how how long should it take me to stretch a line? How long should it take me to go up a flight of stairs? Stretch a line into a basement, pumping water. There are NFPA recommendations for NFPA fourteen ten. And 1002, which is the basic fire attack and your uh, pumper operator skills that you can pick at any time. Those are suggested times that we need to shoot for. If you're stretching a 200-foot hand line and it's taking you eight or nine minutes, and when time and they ask you a question in your interview, why is time so crucial to the fire service? You ain't answering it right. When it's taking you that long to stretch hose. On tank water, it should be minutes, mm-hmm. if that, seconds. Less than a minute to get water through a hand line. But again, how efficient are you? I can be quick, but am I efficient? People that are just like the Olympics are going on right now. Those pick an athlete, they just didn't touch a ping pong paddle once. They didn't swim in a pool once. They didn't play basketball once. It is repetitive muscle memory that has made them good. Think about, and you always watch, they always watch the top two or three. It's watching the... uh, we had a firefighters who I'm, pr- I'm proud to have a member of our fire department's uh, son in the Olympics. That's cool. He made the Olympics. That and That's something to be proud of. Mm-hmm. But you also have to think of if there are eight people, there are eight lanes in there, and you come seventh or eighth in the Olympics, it's still seventh and eighth in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't win. So how I relate that to the fire service, if I have a, a, a competition between uh, two engine crews or two truck crews on opening a roof or stretching hand lines or knocking a cone down in X amount of time, second sucks in my book. So how do I become more efficient in stretching line, making the, cur- the, the corner, no kinks, uh, pr- proper pressure, proper size as you're stretching, what size hand line you're going to be on. All of that is the correct move to make the Olympics. That Olympics we talk about is making that grab and saving that life when you're called upon. It's Do you want to be seventh or eighth? Because the public doesn't know how good or how bad we are. We do. And that's the animosity between us, between the crews. That's why you have animosity between crews that run with each other. I've asked, do you trust the ones you run with? And they said, hell no. How do we fix that? That's that's a failure on my part. If I'm running a shift, how do I fix that? We get those crews together and say, what, is it objective or subjective is where mm-hmm. I would break. If it's just your word against mine, that's happened for hundreds of years. Objectively, though, I can, I can get us better, which is my job as a company officer. When called upon, we will be perfect. Will that happen every time? Probably not. But we're going to strive to, be, to have that higher standard than the C average of what the rest of the countries ran on. When you talked about training for many years <clears throat> and performing into the Olympics, I just saw a post uh, earlier this morning that said about something about Usain Bolt trained for 20 years for two minutes. 
after I read that, I thought about that in the fire, for the fire service. I said, man, I could be, I could be training in my career for 20 years, how to rescue somebody out of a burning house. I could never do it ever. I drive, so it probably won't happen. Or there's that two minutes where the 20 years of training for it, I utilize it and only for two minutes makes it worth it every time. We have 15 seconds of fame in our life, right? Mm-hmm. What if that 15 seconds is, is how fast I got into that house, made that left or right hand search and pulled that kid out before the room flashed. Mm -hmm. That's why we're put on earth. That's why you're put in this calling. That's why we train to be Olympic athletes. That's why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. That's the buy-in I need to get for that. People, those people that say, well, you guys train so much. It's for that moment. Now, will we, will we do that? Do we do that? Will we get to that C average? Yeah, you guys will. We won't. We're not going to be seventh or eighth in the Olympics. I keep using that analogy, yeah. but that's that's about all I can use right now is I don't want to be seventh or eighth. I'm going to strive to be best for that citizen for those 15 seconds, for that two minutes that I've trained my entire life for. Not everybody gets to, to pull a kid or a person out of a fire, mm-hmm. but we train every day for that it doesn't have to be pulling a person out it's getting you water it's parking in the right mm-hmm. spot it's setting the right ladder it's pick a skill of the ifsta book we always go back to mm-hmm. do it right if you're going to do it do it right but we have to have a standard that says this is what we expect that's you as that company officer he has or she has two high standards i know somebody that got written up for that yeah well you got two high standards how does that happen What's that tell you about the drive? Throttling back. You're, again, last podcast we talked about, mm-hmm. we work for an officer that makes him look good, but not enough to make him look bad. Mm-hmm. Our job is to pay it forward. Because if we don't experience that 15 seconds in our time, the next generation may. So we're, being, we're teaching them good habits about what's expected, about what Lieutenant Dillman wanted mm-hmm. to have expectation. He told a story about going up the, the street the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And that's the 15 second moment. When, when that person comes back 20 years later and said, I'd like you to meet my son or my daughter. And it's because of you why they're here. That's the 15 second. That's why we do what we do. That's the same satisfaction as making that wooden widget. Mm-hmm. It's the feeling that you got, or I gave you by, by giving you a token of my appreciation my token of appreciation is the money I get made per day to be prepared for that 15 seconds. If you're not the company officer that's leading that group, you're not doing good enough, in my opinion. When we talked about, when I asked the question about the guys that don't have that flame anymore, how much do you think they hurt the fire department or the future generation coming into it? Um, I think... I think that everybody still has worth. I think if they get to a point, which we all will get to the point mm-hmm. probably of, hey, it's time. If I start to do unsafe things, if I start to make bad decisions, if my decision making is cloudy, um, I need to recognize that it's time for me to get out. I think everybody has worth, especially, and we're. I think we're talking about on the on the profession, the paid side. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a spot for everybody. If you think that, um, is there another position on the fire department that you can go into still being, still having a, a worth on the fire department? Maybe it's on the civilian side. We re, 
we retire from the paid side, go to the civilian side, still have worth quartermaster, survive alive, inspections, uh, sprinklers, you name it, something like that still tied to it. It's just not in that role. If you look at how progression is, some people are backsteppers. They may be an officer. Some like to f- have no responsibility forever, which is fine because mm-hmm. you'll have nobody to push around. <laughs> some people drive. Some people want to move up to that driver's spot. Some drive, and then they say, no, it's not as active as I want to be, so they, they go backwards. They get promoted. So there's all kinds of movement. I don't think they hurt the department at all unless they're, if there's an expectation of the department to say, look, you're not meeting our expectations. That's on a battalion chief level or a captain's level. I don't know what the hierarchy is. In my system, a battalion chief probably going to recognize that, that that officer's not doing what they need to do. Are we, are we, Getting them to retirement, we don't want anybody to get hurt money-wise, paid-wise. But there there comes a point where we need to have that talk of, hey, maybe you need to go into a different role. This is a young, this is a young person's game. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that right now. It's a young person's game. So the part on personal and professional development in the fire service what do you think that there is missing for the newer generation coming in? I think it's the respect, uh, not just limited to that, but it, it's hard to teach respect. I think respect is something that, that you see happen, like Lieutenant Dillon. Uh, and I use him for an example because, again, I don't know him, but I know people who have followed him and would do anything for him. I have mentors, people in my life, I'd do anything for him right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that is a personal feeling because I feel they're doing the right thing for the right reason at the right time. And I want to emulate that. I want to be like that. And I know for a fact that that is a good trait to follow. Therefore, I want to achieve it. Um, professionally, I think you need to surround yourself with like likes. I think sometimes there are substandard employees that are, you're going to be around that you need to push. Um, what are you going to say? I was going to ask you real quick for the, for anybody who's watching that says who, how can I tell if somebody is a like, like personality? Uh, what are some ways you, do you, that pop into your mind real quick? What are some ways you sit down and talk three hours <laughs> and you are the like, like you're going to, you know, I, I think I have a good gut that within 15, 20 seconds, we're going to, we're going to mess or not. And it's because of. Um, but well, it's the same relationship we're trying to drive. If, if I walk into your firehouse and say, Hey, I'm a newly promoted officer. I'd like to work on your apparatus or I'm going to put in for your apparatus. I don't know how you guys do it, but I'm going to put in for your apparatus. And we get this discussion about what do you, what do you want to achieve in one, two or three or four or five years? Where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, And they go, now we got somebody in mind. Now I didn't ask you that. I want to work in your files, but I need to develop that relationship. If, if it's, yeah, we'll give you a chance, which based on seniority, I shouldn't have to ask. Mm-hmm. That's a courtesy thing to say, look, I want, and, and my approach would be, you guys are a good crew. You're looking for an officer. I want to be the officer because I'm progressive. I know you guys are go-getters. 
you got a good reputation, take care of your equipment, out the door fast, good EMS skills, on and on and on. What am I doing? I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to get your buy-in. I'm not trying to get you to say yes, but I'm getting you to fire it up, and that may open a topic of something that you like, and we start talking. Once that happens, that may be. The, the You know right then you're like-like. If you walk in and they walk out, <laughs> I don't take take a bag of hammers to tell you that, that it's not going to work. Maybe something's causing the problem with that person, though. Maybe it's that, yes. hey, they're burnt out. And I go, hey, do you mind, would you want to get a cup of coffee with me tomorrow? Or can I buy a, whatever, buy a hamburger, go eat a steak. Uh, real quick, I forgot to mention this. Uh, there's there's no, like, uh, buffer between the wood all the way up through. So anytime you do, I just thought about that. So it's just going to hear boom, boom. <laughs> it's better than my foot tapping. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just now thought about it. I was sitting there and I was feeling it vibrate and I was like, oh no, I forgot to say We got to do this over. No, no. Who cares? They could get their ear, <laughs> eardrums blown out. No, uh, I am so sorry. I meant to mention that before. I was like, uh, oops. <laughs> Oh, well, it won't be that bad. It won't be that bad. Um, I apologize. No, I don't. That's all right. Not really. But. I know. <laughs> I My biggest thing is if... Have I answered any of your questions? Yes. Uh, no. Yeah, of course you have. You've answered a lot of my questions. And you and you brought on other questions as well, like things I haven't even written down yet that are kind of getting my mind going on it. It's... I just... My problem I have is I've met some great officers that... What made them great? What... I hate saying this word. Your opinion, what made them great? Objective or subjective? Subjective. Subjective. In my in my opinion, because where I'm at, we don't get a lot of that those chances for those guys to flourish. Who knows? Like there it's could have been still people skills all day long. It is still people skills. I don't care skills. if it's washing a rig, if it's doing the bay floors, if it's cleaning boxes in a fire apparatus. How are you gonna get the buy in? You lead. If I'm gonna ask you to clean a toilet. This is how we're going to clean the toilet mm-hmm. today. And I do it, and I do it the next day. Then they go, hey, boss, I got it. And if they're not doing it your way, you grab the handle and say, no, this is how we do it. That's, to me, that's that buying. Anyway. Yeah. Um, two things on that part. One, I think I've made the mistake on not looking at it like that by seeing somebody by their actions on scenes and how they carry themselves on an operation or on a fire, a fire ground, any, anything with uh, vehicle accidents, any any mass cat, not mass cat, we can't, don't get no Command orders, presence. Command presence, that's a good word. That's a better word. You're smarter than me. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I read it in a book somewhere. Oh, okay. Um, having that presence, having the knowledge to train on that, I've never thought of it as in, I, this will sound dumb, but I've never thought of it as this is what is your presence like at the firehouse? There's guys that you, you can tell. I Maybe I just never put words with it. You can tell I would not enjoy working with that guy. I would enjoy working for that guy. The guy I have right now, uh, I can't say guy, the man I have right now, uh, work I work for, it's a great guy. He's He is somebody who I enjoy working for. And I heard 
before I would work for, before I was going to work for him, I heard bad stuff the entire time. I'm like, well, I want to experience this first to see if it's good or bad. And it's been great. Again, personality and probably drove why they didn't like working with these Correct. Guys. Which is what I came to the conclusion of is, well, maybe like the, those guys weren't his crew, like his company. Like those aren't the guys that he would probably hang with. Now, how to get to that point? How is it that I can get you to like me as the... They're not paying me to like you. That is true. That is true. <clears throat> they're paying me to be a boss. If I'm a company officer, they're paying me to be a boss. Mm-hmm. Personally, I do want to be liked. You know, that's that's a, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Maslow hierarchy needs is to be liked as one of the traits. But if you, if you're social, if it was this funny come for me, but if you're social, you find out what makes people tick. Um, how, what your communication skills are. Mm-hmm. Again, I, when I first became a lieutenant, I didn't talk till I was like 10 or 11 a.m. in the morning because I hadn't had enough Mountain Dews. <laughs> Once I got that, because I, I don't drink coffee, I got yeah. that caffeine in me and then I started to open up a little bit. I have learned in my job, I, I start at 6.30 in the morning and I'm talking 40, 50 people a day before 9 o'clock sometimes. So that's something I, as an old dog had to learn is to in order for this to work in my position i got to be able to be a little bit more social um treating people as if you would want to be treated is how you get them to like uh in my opinion Mm -hmm. how you get them to like you um do i buy their like no do i offer and say hey you know if i'm going to pay house meals here's here's steaks for the day Here's money for ice cream. Here's whatever. I'm not buying their love, but I'm showing my appreciation based on what I get. I'm going to kill you with kindness. I'm not going to give you an opinion. I'm not going to be over overly nice to the point where you get in my space and they push. If I push you away, but I am going to be cordial to you. That said, look, I'm I'm I may be one day I was backstepping and jacking around. The next time I'm an officer, is it really important? Did they like you as a backstepper? Or did they just hate you as an officer? There's something driving that, if, if that's the case. Probably an incident that you, you had uh, that needs to be fixed or you, they need to be re-educated, just like you say you were re-educated in that, that scenario where now it works. Uh, but, but I would never... I would never want to be someone that that wanted to buy your buy your mm-hmm. I say buy your love buy your likeness because they're not paying me to do that. That's earned. Uh, would that be considered underneath the professionalism on fire service for being a good employee, being a good leader, good boss, good tactician? For being professional, correct. Um, yeah, I think it's all professional. Um, non-professional is is me wanting to buy your likes or mm-hmm. doing shady stuff to make stuff happen. And but for my benefit, being an officer is not about me or the individual. When I passed the test and got the bars, then it became about our crew. In my opinion, uh, it's, it's about we and us time you get promoted and hired is all about me. Once I get promoted, it's all about how good we are. And, and I'm the driver of that. If, if we suck, then we suck. I start with me. Then that's who that battalion, my boss, needs to come to me and said, Sean, this isn't working out. 
but I need a prescription. I just subjectively say, you suck at what you do. Mm-hmm. Tell me how I get better. That's performance evaluation. As far as being liked, a professional, um, I think that's going to be a, a, a trait that's going to be picked up over time. But I still think you can like somebody and still be professional at the same time. I can, I don't have to like you, but I professionally will work with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna, we can separate that. You know, firehouse is so big now where I, I know people that don't, they don't speak to anybody unless they're going on a run and it's all business. They go back to the firehouse and they don't speak. That's the problem with making firehouses so big is that if that company officer in that big house does not make you sit for a morning assignment, sit for meals or sit for us time, that officer's failing in my opinion. And that's where you're going to find all of those attributes. What the, you're going to make that crew integrity. And we're in a situation right now where our crew integrity is, is, uh, lacking a little bit because we have so much overtime when you work with people on a daily basis you'll pull up to an incident based on how much you've trained look at each other nod they'll point nothing and it's all non non-verbal communication most of the time you walk into firehouse on a trade or in overtime or you're filling in for someone say hey how do you do this how, how what do you do here how do you do this ones that that ought go back to that officer who trains every day. That's all nonverbal. And to me, that is the best way to be as an officer where you don't even have to speak. Cause you already know you've, you've put muscle memory and all your members on a lot of scenarios where we can only think about four to five things at a time at once. Our mind can, if, if I get you to think about those four or five, I can think about four or five more that leads to, what, what the size up is, what's the smoke doing? What do I have people trapped? Uh, is it a pen on and on and on. So if I can get your muscle memory somewhere else, I can, I can then, which leads to, if I've got your, if, if you guys are liking me, we're going to move on. If I've got somebody that is an overachiever and I'm afraid that they're going to go to a different house or I got some slug which uh, if I got a slug at my firehouse, I need to do every opportunity to, to, to make that weakest link up to where my expectations are. If I can't, then I, what do I do as an officer? I've exercised every right. I start writing. I, and we're all, all writing is, is corrective behavior. It ain't personal. We just need to get you to where you need to be to meet that expectation. We go back to that topic of maybe this guy doesn't have worth here. Maybe our system failed by just shooing him here, letting him go to the slower house, covering on and on and on. What about him having a personal problem? Then that's me as an officer. If I develop that relationship, if I see how you operate on a daily basis, and if it's off kill by any means, I'm not going to pry, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to open up. And, and I'll probably tell you after a short period, look, something seems to be off. You know, there's something and it may not be at work. It may be leaving the firehouse. It may be, hey, I need help uh, splitting wood. Do you mind helping me pick a topic? Which, yeah. Just so that you're away from that atmosphere, their mind's somewhere different, and they may open up with you. Not under the influence of anything. When you mentioned, <clears throat> this kind of popped into my mind, 
when you were talking about working overtime with other crews. If I'm working with the same crew, which most of the time I do, they can tell if something's going on, if I'm a little bit more stressed at home by the amount of words I'll say either in the morning or mid-morning. They can tell if something's up. Do they ask if you've taken your medicine? <laughs> I don't take it. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there's the problem. <laughs> no, no. no, I take it prescribed as necessary. <laughs> oh, I got to do this part. I take it prescribed as necessary. <laughs> so... Um, but they can tell that's them knowing me. I'm a very, the I'm relationship. A very open person. Like what you see is what you get. Is that's, all your crew members like that? They may with, not be like with that. With how I can tell if something's going on with them yeah. or yeah. You, you have developed, later. you've developed a baseline with them to know what's expected of them every day based on their job performance, based on their expectations, based on their their personality. I have a pretty awesome crew that you can tell if something's off. And, 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 and them the same for me. And they again, when you have that, and I call it dysfunctional crew, when you have that mm-hmm. dysfunctional crew that doesn't work on a daily basis, that's all I mean. They don't work together on yep. a daily basis. When you have that, it's usually job performance. It's, it's, and it's set to your expectation. If you have someone coming from a slow house, coming to that house, working overtime that they train every day, what do you think that expectation is going to be? off they're gonna go "Ah, i don't want to work there today but they're working overtime or they're working a trade so they're either going to and it's up to me as an officer to hold them accountable based on that objective skill so do you think as a uh, a black helmet or anybody that's trying to achieve the the higher ranking role of either sergeant or lieutenant for them to have a, of course, this is an obvious answer to this question, a higher self-preservation, higher self-preservation of education, of knowledge, of their own. Oh, what's the word you just used? You literally just used it, man. What was the word that you just used for uh, expectation? God bless. I can't remember the word expectation. Having a higher expectation of themselves. That way, when they go to another crew, that way they're either at the same level, either just above or just below. Now, that comes to wanting to educate yourself. Right. But there's not a day. I don't think there's a day in our business that you should not educate yourself on a mm -hmm. topic that's related to the fire service. Sundays is my day. Mm -hmm. I spend through three hours if I have an open time frame about me training me. Whether it be company officers, smoke greeting, size ups, personal development, all, all of that stuff. But I still think it's it's a good practice that there's not a lot of company officer material. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some can programs and people are coming up with some stuff. But I think the more you're doing the scenarios, the more stamping the hard drive on what could happen. Because mm-hmm. there's not a situation that I, that I don't think that that somebody is not experienced across our, our department. And I have put together 20 or 25 of those that I've ran in my mind. It doesn't mean I solve them the right way, but then I do company officer. If people want to be a company officer, I'll throw that. Those are called in basket stuff. Here's a scenario. Uh, how would you handle it? And it's, it's, do you have an objective way to based on a book or is it subjective because it worked for me? I think there's always um, there's always room for improvement professionally and personally. And you mentioned earlier when when that when that member comes to that that substandard that you say working overtime or trade or yeah. fill in 
comes to that aggressive house, that senior firefighter is probably going to tune them up more than what yes. the officer is. That senior firefighter should do that. It shouldn't get to the officer. If it gets to the officer, it's the incident has probably happened and he or she has recognized that their skill set's not where it needs to be. Unofficially, that person can get in their ass before the officer does. And officially, the officer's probably going to hold that or should hold them accountable. More than likely, because this person that's not where they need to be, that officer has not done it. That officer's not done it. That officer's not done it. Becomes the norm. So now they're working overtime all the time, and this is their productivity, and mm-hmm. it's not accepted. Not everybody's like that. No. People want to go, typically want to go fires. Yes. They want to go to incident. They want to be busy. You know, they want the day to go fast. They want, they want to be with an aggressive leader. Correct. They want the, to be led. on the fire ground. People by, by nature, I want to be led. Mm-hmm. I want to be told... I want direction. I want to be told what to do. Some people don't like being told what to do. I don't see why they're in our business, but um, if they don't, and a lot of people say, I don't like to be told what to do. Then I become an officer. But what are you doing? You're telling people what to do, but you're, that's a hypocritical. So let's talk about something that everybody has to do on any scene that they're going into, which is a size up. Mm -hmm. Everyone does a size up. It's size up is scanning that incident. Could you break down things to look for in size ups? I know earlier you mentioned it doesn't start at the scene. It starts when you're getting into the truck or at the firehouse. Yeah, you go in an EMS run. And what happens in, in you work in a certain area. You know that area. You know where the residential, the light uh, commercial, the heavy commercial, the chemical companies, the, the nursing homes. You know all that. So you're sizing that up all the time, meaning if we have this, this A, a equal B, we have predetermined assignments. We have first three engines going to do this. Mm-hmm. The first two trucks are going to do this. Me as well. If you don't, you have dropped the ball, right? Maybe your size up where it needed to be. We pull up on two, three weeks ago, pull up on a, uh, a building at 500 North Senate and there's nothing showing. Crews make the second floor call for a hand line because they got a working fire and i i went three sides and didn't see it so but but that can that size up is continual scanning if you go to a any um old school book they're going to tell you to look at coal was wealth or wallace was hot 13 points of size up i'm an idiot and i only use five bob pressler for years for 20 years or so i've heard him preach the the acronym below so if I'm an engine company officer, I look at B-E-L-O-W. You could look at slicers, uh, Recovs. There are seven things that need to be done on a fire ground, right? If you look at old school, Recovs is rescue, entry, confine, extinguish, overhaul, vent, salvage, right? What's slicers? Which is a whole different p- p- deal. Same things with the uh when applicable the last two are when applicable if you're pulling up as an engine officer i used and used to have it taped on the dash when i was early is what is the building what type of building it is means how's it going to travel based on construction what's the estimated time it's been involved which i'm reading the smoke condition of where it's going to be where it's going to be in five minutes do i have life which is the l part do i search first what do i look for in a size up time of day which because of covid 
or people getting paid to stay home now or getting checks or whatever. You don't know who's home or not. It used to be 11 to 7. Yeah. Most people are sleeping. Now it's pick, you know, it's a it's a crapshoot. You plan on people being in there and prove it differently by primary and secondary, right? When applicable based on a risk assessment, which 9 times 100 times out of 100 we're going. You make it tenable, we're going. That's our job. That customer's our job. It's that 15 seconds to train two minutes for 20 years to make that work. O is the occupancy, meaning is it a residential occupancy? Is it a commercial warehouse that's got a bunch of occupancies in there, a bunch of apartments, which scare me to death? Is it a group home in a, in a one-story house? Is it a group home in a two-story? And then do I have water? Which I'm in a system where we're self-sufficient. So below is what's the building, estimated time, life hazard, occupancy, water. That's what the five things that I would, would remember. And then once I got that, I would remember, okay, here's something special. Does it have a standpipe? Is there any extenuating circumstance? On and on and on. So eventually it works into the 13. Smoke reading, do I have something showing or not? That sets the stage for everybody else to do their job. We prove the run that we go on. We prove it to be a run until we prove it different. Size up is look evaluating, which the, the Webster's term is the scanning of that type of incident, whether it's a fire, commercial fire, extrication, EMS run, nosebleed, you pick it. We're still sizing that up. You size stuff up when you go to a restaurant. I sit with my back to the wall. Mm -hmm. I don't want to stay higher than 13 floors. Those are all size up things. It's not that I don't trust the apparatus, or the, the fire department. Their apparatus won't reach us. So those are all sized up things that we may apply. Why do we back in? Every place we park as a firefighter, we back in. Mm -hmm. It's muscle memory. So I'm trying on a size up. I want to paint a picture. Picture all my mice coming into the run. We're all blind mice, right? If everybody had their eyes closed, if I paint a 10 to 15 second maybe, Short picture. This is a two-story wood frame. We got fire showing on a B side. We're on a plug. We'll be attacking. Establish A Street Command. However long that took, I painted the picture. It tells the next crew they need to lay in. It tells the third crew they're going to rit. It tells the first truck they're searching. If it's two in the morning, fire's on the second floor. Where am I searching? The room adjacent, above, beyond. Right. Those are all things that we think about. My job is to make sure that all the mice. And the apparatus are doing what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And if not, I'm their resource manager. If it's outside, and my, when I pull up on a size up, the three things I think about are, are the facts in front of me, the probability, and my own situation. So if you're a first-in officer, you're the brand-new officer, it's my fire, my line, nobody's going to beat us. Now, how do I prove that that's going to work? Is to go back to being a brand new officer, how much training we put in, how efficient we are, how good, how good we say we are, and then we prove it, right? How quick do we get water? On and on and on. So the facts in front of me are all my acronyms that I look at. Probability is based on that construction or the amount of the extent of fire, or I got people hanging out. That is my probability. It's, it's beyond my box. That's my last point, which means I know coming in on a, say it's a, a uh, two-story uh, residence. I know my resources coming in are three engines, two ladders. And I pull up on that based on my hard drive stamp. If I only have fire showing out of one window, 
no exposures. It's a one-line fire based on my history, right? Just based on what I see. I want to do a, a, a 360. We don't do it because we don't want to get beat behind us. A size that means you need to be looking in front of you more than you do behind you. And we look behind us a lot saying, if you're good and efficient on your stretches, no kinks, proper water, right spot, there's no reason to look behind you because I know I'm not going to be seventh or eighth in that Olympic game right there. I'm going to be first or second. So you have to worry about that. Put more focus on your size up, keeping yourself safe. That's your risk assessment. Building analysis, survivability assessment, whatever you want to call it today. That's part of what the size up is. Is it a go or a no go? 100 out of 100. Unless you're fighting a barn fire somewhere, it's a, it's a go. I make it tenable, but go. I make the porch, make it tenable, go. I go in, go. Barn fire, maybe, what's the risk? You know, saving animals, keep a hand line on there, open the gates, hopefully they make it. That may be the risk. So that's my answer to how do I how do I get where I need to be doing company officer drills of mm -hmm. flashing pictures. Every magazine cover has probably got, I'd say 80% has got a fire incident on there. Do a size up. Practice it, tape it like you did your interview. Mm -hmm. See what it sounds like. Run it past the senior person. Run it past the next level. Ask them what they expect. What's your department policy? On and on and on. All of that weaned down to, I punch the button and what's going to come out of my mouth, which is you're doing, you're consistently, constantly scanning that scene to make sure who my people are safe. When you mentioned that, <clears throat> for me, when I was practicing the ride out role, my officer at the time was uh, Jim Burgess. And what he, we did was he sent me down to the basement. I would go over to uh, one of the training tech channels and then he would be on the same one. He would send me a picture through my phone. And as soon as it would pop Perfect. up, it would, as soon as it would pop up, I had to gather my thoughts for a couple Ooh. of quick seconds. And we actually used a, an actual radio and I would give a size up. And there was a lot of times in the beginning, I, I made horrible, horrible size ups. And then, but it would go on. We would do it for about an hour and a half each day. And I practiced for a few weeks doing that until I got more proficient and then more calm. And then I was like, well, this is better. And I got a better routine when I'm talking and things to look for, what I'm going to be doing next, uh, stating what I'm doing and then letting the next crew know what I need done. My, I remember my oldest son, we, we would drive down the road and mm -hmm. I would size stuff up constantly because mm -hmm. I was, a, you know, we got the, what I call scanner squirrels that listen to you all the time. They go, listen to that jack leg, mm -hmm. giving that size up. I didn't want to be that guy. So I would size stuff up and I would look over and say, hey, Jake, size that up. And he would, he'd give me a perfect size That's up. That's awesome. Which I wish, you know, we had more of that. I, I want to be... I remember when Steve worked at Greenwood, we talked about this a little bit on the last episode I did, and he talked about at, when he was at Greenwood, he would say, when you give a size up, you want it, you you want everyone to think, is this going to be a fire or not? going on. Yeah. You, is this an actual fire or is it not? It just sounds the same every single time. Monotone almost. That's I had an that's officer I get. that if I could understand them, I knew we had a fire. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they nothing. Yeah. We'd roll roll up with them and it'd be nothing. Yeah. If I could, if they would enunciate, their is like, oh, they're 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 mm -hmm. stepping up here, and yeah, if, if in my role, you as an officer set the tone for everybody being jacked up, or hey, this is all routine. 
But if you continually go in your mind and on paper and in drills and go to runs, whether you have one fire or one a day or 10 a day or however many, every time that you go to it, you want to keep it as if you're in control. That, that's the command presence that we talked about earlier. Control engine one, engine one's on the scene. We got a heavy fire. We'll be attacked. Well, with me as a you, you having, you just mentioned the officer being in control, the officer having the monotone. If you have an officer that's screaming excited, what does that do to the guys? Their pulse rates through. What the fight that? or flight is already through the roof. Yes. And you're going, oh, do I trust him or not? Mm-hmm. What if they're an overtime officer? They get on that. <laughs> you go, oh, you're on your own on that. What well, we. I'm thinking me as a guy. I mean, I, I drive, but I mean, it's well, if think I, about if your I driving hear that, skills. If I'm holy guys shit, scream, look at that! Exactly. <laughs> I've had guys sitting in the back as I'm driving, and I'm not trying to make this about me. It's I've had guys in the back driving and go, "Oh shit!" And then I'm I'm slamming on my brakes a bit, slowing down. Like, what did I just hit something? Oh no, no, man! I was just looking at something. Oh my! All right. Yeah, like, hey, bud, let me uh, let me drive. You Keep do your, your, you do you, and I'll do me. Keep your comments to yourself, bud. <laughs> if I hit something, let me know. But with with that being said, sorry, my wife, my wife was calling me again. Um, I'll respond to her in a second. I'm not on camera. Um, but with that, having an officer like that, that's something that I strive not to do. I when I I mean I'm just I'll ride out. But if we do get fires and I am first in, my goal is to be as calm and collective as possible because if I start freaking out. What, what are my guys doing? It comes with muscle memory. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, the muscle if the muscle memory's there, and, and it's hard, if you place yourself, and a lot of people can't say, hey, we're pulling up on this, and we got heavy fire showing, and we, we haven't had this type of run before, but in your mind, if you, can, if you can role play that enough, we're on the scene, we got heavy fire showing. I didn't cause it. But I've trained our crews enough where I think we're comfortable about handling this. I need to stay in control. Now, I, I, I can tell you, not all of them are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you get you get fired up. You get adrenaline. Mm-hmm. You get somebody's not doing what they need to be doing, and and things are said. They're not personal. It's professional about you expect things to be like that, and they're not happening. Then then I'm not meeting my expectations me representing my fire department and my chief. So I'm not doing, through you, we're not doing our job. Correct. If I, Then I need to go to you and say, hey, how'd you think that went? And if I go, you need to calm the down. Mm-hmm. But that's no prescription on them to go, hey, how'd you think that went? You guys did a great job. This is something that I would want to work on, which is how about you just tone it down a notch, do some practices you're kind of jacked up if you don't believe me i'll get the tape mm-hmm. now you can you can do that in private or you can and you wouldn't want to do that in front of your crew in front of everybody mm-hmm. but pull them aside maybe get a copy of the tape the the audio for training purposes listen maybe i heard it wrong before i approach it but if if people coming up to you and say hey johnny's jacked up today wasn't he then everybody heard that and then you know that if it's going awry and there's there's some people that that needs some more practice, you know, but I think that comes with muscle memory and, and just practicing that on, on a continual basis. With, I think I have gotten better actually with the, with my trying to 
not being so jacked up. I think it comes down. I think it comes with repetition on it. Like what you said earlier, it's it makes memory. me, it makes me more comfortable. The more I do an incident, that's more common. It's easier yeah. to, to talk on the radio. As long as you practice more often, you have a good officer that can take you into that and, and train you on it. I think you do just fine. The other piece that I throw into that is run a cue. Put some noise behind. Mm-hmm. Put some noise behind your size up and make you concentrate on what your what your task is, and then you can do the ooh, mm-hmm. what they're saying behind you and those comments yeah. and people banging on there. My kids in there, my kids. And you're trying to do a size up. That's where you're gonna. That's where you're gonna get that muscle memory to say, you know, we, we got this. You're, well, you're you're acting saying you got yeah. this, and you're going, oh shit! I hope we got this. Well, I'll be the first one to say that. I mean, when I did, when I was in the ride out seat, and I had my first fire as a ride out, and gave a scene size up, uh, I was told it sounded good, but I was so I I noticed. I look back on it now. I was so laser focused in on that fire, I practically stepped over the hydrant and said we needed a water supply. I mean, that's me. I was first time as a ride out, an officer in in that role, and. Basically, when I opened the door up and the hydrant was right behind the door, didn't even look to see. I didn't it even happens. see it. We, we have and these blinders on. I too. did have those blinders on. But we, from we all, now on. We all do it. We all been there. We all do it again. And from now on, that, that reminded me of take a look around before you go in. The fire that we I mentioned at, at Senate and North Street, I didn't I didn't sleep that night. I got the tape of that. I didn't manage that right. A whole bunch of crews did great. Mm-hmm. It was on my end that I just wasn't comfortable my hard drive wasn't stamped enough. Long story. I took command of that. The chief was away. The other chiefs were away mm-hmm. out on another run. So I took command of that. <clears throat> People backfilling themselves on this. We had more than what my what I expected coming. Mm-hmm. And I didn't manage it right. I didn't sleep. I just knew it wasn't right and I didn't sleep right. That's my mirror saying, Sean, you need to get better. So I just slept mm-hmm. a little bit the next day. Yeah. I just can't. I can't relax there's and it's not physical by any means it's mental that there are 289 people working today and i'm responsible for if it doesn't go right today and it's not me taking the hit i'll take the hit for our people anytime Mm -hmm. but something physically happens to our people that we could have avoided i won't sleep and and that's how i feel in my position something uh, a question to kind of end on because it is pretty late this tattoo that I see on your right forearm, non-typical. What what is? I know we probably talked about this before in a, a previous episode, but what what does non-typical mean to you in the fire service and in your personal life? Personal, two twofold. One, I'm a hillbilly, and we own some ground down in Metamora, and I love. I'm an outdoorsman, and I mm-hmm. love to hunt. Non-typical. If I if I see a have a chance to see a typical buck with a big set of rack. And they're all the same. That would be a typical wreck, right? Mm-hmm. They're all the same. They mirror each other. In my opinion, non-typical is when you have this gnarly looking thing and there's 10 on this side. I'm, I probably never see this. Mm-hmm. Maybe four or five on this side and they're all gnarly and you got drop tines and hunters will know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And you got some that are over here and they're all different. That's non-typical. I want to see non-typical because they're different, right? Non-typical in my life is... Actually, we're in a society where it's easy to say, hey, just go with the flow. Just do what we're supposed to do. Just do this. And I'm okay with doing that, but I want to be different. I want to be that officer. I want to be the person that says, hey, if you want to come to our ship, we're going to train. If you don't like to train, go to the other shifts. 
And I'm not saying we got to train all day. We're going to train. We're going to get your muscle memory where it needs to be. That's what kind of officer I want to be. That's the non-typical, which is being the, the rogue that Mark Van Oppen talks about, which is doing the right thing. He's got the four big things that he follows. Mine is being non-typical, which is trying, not all the time, but trying to do the right thing with feedback from, from my bosses, from, from coworkers, from people I trust to say, Sean, you're doing the right thing in this particular case. And I'm, I'm going to ask for help. I'm not above asking for guidance on a situation that I may not have handled before. And I'm all about failing. But if I fail, I won't fail twice on that same thing. So it all comes back to me doing the right thing. Um, that's what non-typical means to me. But we're in a society that mm-hmm. everybody says, oh, just, just go with the flow. Don't, don't ruffle any feathers. Don't say that. I'm not the guy. Man, it sounds like it's just something like that's recently happened. Yeah. I don't know what it could be. Maybe yeah. the year of 2020. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. well, Sean, I really appreciate you coming on. I had a wonderful discussion. Love tonight. And I, and I hope that I get to have you on again at some point. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you. We're done with video and...